Welcome to La Mezcla Latina, where we discuss all things music, culture, career, and lifestyle regarding the Latinx community. I'm your host, Dominica, and I can't wait to chat in this week's episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn more about La Mezcla Más Pura. Welcome back to another episode of La Mezcla Latina. Today, I'm joined by Viviana, um, who is the creator and owner of The Heffa Life, right? And yeah. you are, I, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you are you have so much in your bio and your website and it's so amazing all the work that you do. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Dominica. I'm super excited. My name is Viviana Maldonado and I am the creator and founder of The Heffa Life blog. I started it last May. Oh, wow. Almost a full year. Almost a full year. Yes. So I started the Instagram account in May and the blog in August, and it has been a work in progress. It has been quite the experience. (laughs) It's so awesome. I feel like you've created something so great for so long already. Yes, it it is. It's it's amazing that it has been you know, almost a year, it's gone really fast, <laughs> really, really fast. So in addition to that, I'm also a transportation professional and I work at one of the largest freight railroads here in the United States. And I'm part of their law department. We investigate incidents. And so I say we, because it's a very close, uh, close knit team, right? So it's a very, it's a small team. We, we work as a team and we investigate incidents anytime there are any kind of derailments or, train accidents. I'm sure you, you're familiar with that over there with Amtrak. So I yeah. investigate a lot of Amtrak incidents here as well. Oh, that's really cool. So did your kind of career lead you to start this blog or what influenced you to just like take the plunge? So interestingly enough, I've always been, I've always been interested in career related topics, right? So when I was a student, I wasn't a very, how do I say it? I wasn't a very good student. I didn't do well in school, right? School was not my jam. But as soon as I graduated from college and entered the workforce, that's when I really felt like myself. I became alive and I realized, wow, I am kind of intelligent, right? I do know what I'm doing. I just did well in school. So I have always been very interested in the workforce and learning what other people do, learning what why people choose the careers that they choose. But it wasn't until 15 years later that I finally decided to do something about it. And it just clicked. And you said, I'm just going to start it myself. Yeah, it just made sense. I said, wait, why am, what am I doing? I've always been interested in reading about careers. I've always been interested in talking to people and getting to know about their background, their careers, everything. And then this year it just all clicked. So that's the main reason that, that I started it. And I know you talk a little bit about diversity inclusion within that, like within your own experience in your career. So how are you using that to integrate into your own blog slash your podcast? Or how do you feel that has shaped your perspective? Yeah, so one of the main things that I do with diversity and inclusion is I'm part of our employee resource group. So I've been a part of it for over eight years. And I've been on various committees. So I've really been able to see a little bit of what corporations do in in regards to diversity and inclusion initiatives, right? So I have helped 
plan conferences, a variety of conferences in, in different locations. I have been on panels. I have participated and partnered with schools. Mm-hmm. So I'm very passionate about that. So my experience doing the employee resource group work, that type of work has helped me write about it. Oh, that's awesome. Because then you have that perspective of not just like being the employee, but also like, quote unquote, the employer and how that affects one another. Absolutely. Yeah, because I would not have known anything about about ERGs had I not been involved. So I am able to be in a lot of meetings with executives or just kind of hear, um, hear a little bit about how it works and know how it works as well. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, would you say there's a saturation of women or like Latina women in your field or just like in your company in general? Because I know that's changes. Exactly. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, we're I work in a male dominated industry. It's the railroad transportation. Yeah. Somehow. Usually I'm one of the only women and Latinas, even in Los Angeles, right? I work in Los Angeles, California, and even here, I'm one of the only. So no. That's (laughs) crazy. Do you think part of not just like your initiative and your work is to kind of break those barriers? Because I know, uh, I want to say not everyone, but a lot of people say that that's like their goal, right? To make sure that they see more people of color and more women succeeding in these roles. But you're kind of in that space where you've been working for so long and you can kind of help open those paths. Absolutely. I definitely think it's about sharing resources. At the end of the day, it is, uh, it's whatever they want to do, right? So if somebody doesn't want to go into corporate America, if somebody doesn't want to go into tech, that's okay, right? So I'm not one that's, that will say, you need to go get an education and you need to go do this and you need to go do that. I think right now we're living in this moment where you can do whatever you want to do. So I'm all about sharing information, sharing knowledge, but also supporting people and what they want to do, as opposed to saying, you have to go do this. Right, because it's not linear. Like everything no. is so, yeah, it changes per person, interests, hobbies, everything. It would be great to see more people in corporate America. It would be great to see more people going to graduate school, but it's not for everyone. It really isn't. Uh, Yeah, it's just not. And I know you mentioned that when you were in school, like it just wasn't your jam. So do you think that, I guess, you see more people in those spaces now or like in that same thought process? I do. I, I really do. And I am, when I see all of the women talking about, being in school and just being in either graduate school or getting their bachelor's or even their PhD. I'm just so proud. I was so proud of it because I don't know how they did it. That's great. I I couldn't do it. Right. I didn't get my master's. I stopped at my bachelor's. I said, this is it for me. This is as far as I'm going to go, but I love learning. So I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly investing in my education. I just know that formal education is not the way to go for me. Yeah. And I, like that you said, like, I knew I'm going to stop right here because I feel like there's so much pressure just speaking from experience. Like I got my bachelor's, I finished undergrad. Now I'm like about to be two years post-grad and people are like, so when are you going back for your master's? And I'm like, I don't want to pay all that money if I don't know what I want to do it in just yet. You know, maybe I don't even want to do it at all. Absolutely. I had to leave a field. I had to leave my social work field because they told me that I could not advance if I did not get my master's and everyone was getting themselves into debt. I'm talking everyone. They would, oh, new person going to graduate school, new person. And I was torn. 
I know that education is important and yes, I wanted to move up, but I left, I left the fields. That's good. So the one thing that I'm taking from you is that you're so confident in your choices. Like you're not, you're not going to like influence me to do this because so many people, I feel like when you're young, you're just told like college is the only way. And then you feel like dragged through this process. You fail your classes, you waste money, but like, you knew exactly. That's true. Thanks for bringing that up because that, that is, that is me. You know, I'm almost 40 years old. I'm not married. <laughs> I don't have kids. And I'm very proud of my decisions. I'm just very proud of where I am in my life, even though to others, people might say, oh, whoa, she is not, you know, she's not successful. What is she doing? But I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah. And it's just so subjective because like we said, nothing's linear. Like one person's path is so different than another person's. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I want people to understand, especially Latinas. It's just do your own thing. Do your own thing. I want to say that it's so important, like you said, for Latinas, because I feel like a lot, not all, but a majority of parents say that they came to this country because they wanted to give their children like that education that they didn't have so they could succeed. But you're a clear example that there's other ways to succeed as well. Like, you know, I mean, you finish your undergrad, but there's other ways as well to do that. Yeah, miraculously. I don't know how I finished it because I was a hot mess. You know, I went through a lot of uh, personal issues in college, so I don't know how I did it, but I did. (laughs) There's your success story. (laughs) Um, So I guess what led you from being influenced with your job and everything that you've gone through? What led you to start the Half a Life blog? I know you said um, it was because you just had this interest. You're like, let me just put it all together. But um, what resources are you providing? And like, why that route with the blog? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So there is a little bit more to it. So I was born and raised in uh, McAllen, Texas. Well, I lived there up until I was nine. So I don't know if you're familiar with McAllen and the Rio Grande Valley, but it is a border community in Texas. Okay. So at the age of nine, my parents, who were Mexican missionaries, moved to rural Nebraska in the middle of the country. And I lived in a small rural community for about 10 years. And then I ended up going to school. But I still I lived in the state for about 25 years. So I realized that that we, we lacked resources Right. And we, I, not only because we're Latinos, but just in general, a lot of the times rural communities get neglected, right? They get neglected. And when I moved to Lincoln and Omaha, which were the bigger cities in Nebraska, I realized that they had no idea what life was like three hours away. Yeah. Cause it's so secluded. They had no idea. And we're talking about, you know, I'm not even talking about the Latino component right now. I'm just talking in general, mm-hmm. right? So I just became really passionate about sharing resources and making sure that my nieces and the new generation of Latinos and kids had these resources because it's just something that I lacked, right? Because I went to the first school that I went to was still in the, in the central part of the state. And then I ended up transferring to the city part of the state, but it's really not that big. (laughs) So that has always been a passion of mine. It's, I don't ever want anyone to go through what I went through, right? Just feeling so isolated, feeling forgotten, ignored. Mm -hmm. And like feeling like you don't have that help. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of support and I really had to do a lot of it on my own. 
Are so, you, an, sorry, are you an only child or? No, I have two younger sisters. Oh, younger. So you were kind of like the, the pioneer. Yes, I'm the oldest. Okay. And then I have two, well, not three nieces, but two that are teens. <laughs> so I'm always bombarding them with information about, you know, money personal finances, schools, adulting. They probably get so tired of it. I send them TikTok videos, send them <laughs> Instagram, follow this person, follow that person. If you don't want to learn from me, that's okay. Learn from these people. Yeah, but that's good. They had someone that had to do it first, right? So then now they have someone. So like you were the pioneer for, for your siblings, for your nieces. Yes, I always tell them, you do not want to make my mistakes. You, I really had to do it on my own. And living in Nebraska in a state where, <laughs> yeah, there are some Latinos, but it, you know, there weren't very many, especially in, in the university domain. No. So you stayed in Nebraska to do your undergrad and then you moved to, and then you moved to LA. I moved to LA about seven years ago. So I lived in Nebraska for about 25. Wow. That's crazy. I'm sure you see such a huge difference between both states. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons, right? Because that that's one of the reasons why I decided to start this blog because I know that we as Latinas lack resources. There are a lot of career resources out there. So I don't want to negate that. There are, but when you read them, you really, you don't feel represented, right? You're, you're saying, okay, I know this isn't for me. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like you don't always hear that perspective. Like it's not, I guess it's not a popular thing that you always see. Right. Yeah. And and that's why I wanted to start that conversation. So it's really not just about sharing my experiences, but talking about other people's experiences as well. That's why I like to elevate other stories. And I have the, the HEFA conversation series so that way we can all learn from one another. Because especially in this field, with, when we're talking about careers, not one person knows everything. <laughs> there is no expert. There's no career expert, not at all. So I think it's very important that we learn from one another. And we talk about some of these barriers. We talk about the challenges. We talk about the successes and accomplishments as well. Yeah, that's very nice because I feel like that's the best way to learn like from each other because then, I mean, obviously at one point or another, you're going to have to go through it yourself, but so much could be avoided if you would have just listened to someone else's point of view and their story. Absolutely. And then that's also how you build relationships. So for instance, I know in our community, we lack mentors. So by talking about the, this, uh, these topics and um, sharing our experiences, that's another way of forming bonds. Yes, that's exactly correct. Yeah. And that's a good way to segue into my next question. You, I saw your website and you have like a tab for, I believe, career, lifestyle, and then personal finance. So the, what can someone expect if they were to go to you for as a resource, right? Like, do you cover all these topics in terms of like geared towards younger, a younger audience or what? So let me look it up really quick. Yeah, of course. So yeah, you're right. I do have all of these tabs. So for instance, um, overall, it's career information, right? So I've got, we're going to talk about job search, um, interviews, resumes. I've interviewed Missy. She was part of the Hefa Conversation series. And she gave us some really good interview tips. Also career development. And soft skills is really important to me. 
because that's something that you can take from one industry to another. Yes. Right? It's so, so important. So that's something I want to talk a lot about. And then a little bit about personal finance. And also one one thing that I haven't really done too much, but it is one of my goals is to get into deeper conversations. So that's why I have real talk in there. So today someone posted something about the term imposter syndrome. So I want to work or I want to write a little bit about that, just challenging that term, right? So it's really getting a little deeper into the issue, a little deeper than I have been before, but that's why I included real talk. I like that because then you get a little bit of the whole spectrum. Absolutely. And then of course, I'm an avid reader. So I have the tab for books as well. In regards to your question about who this is for, this is really for any Latina, any woman that wants to take control of their career, right? So whether you're early on in your career or even your mid-level or executive level, everybody goes through these <laughs> goes through these moments. Just because you are, let's say, an executive doesn't mean that you don't have challenges, doesn't mean you don't want to build a community. And it also doesn't mean that you might not, you know, um, switch careers and you need a new, a completely new community, a completely new network. Yeah. It's really important to know that we all go through these challenges and we, you know what I'm saying? That these conversations would be good for anyone. And I like that you just mentioned like the different levels of, you know, like C-level executives or, you know, just a brand new entry level person. I feel like a lot of the discourse or just in general, not saying by it's taught by our parents or just in the community, but a lot of times I feel like not just women in general, but like Latina women feel like, can I even reach that position where I am uh, the CEO of a company or I am someone that is a C-level executive? You know, I feel like sometimes it's not a big push to try to reach those levels. Um, it's not as big of a push as it is for men, you know? So I think that's awesome that you're covering all of that as well. True. That's really interesting because you're right. The numbers are not positive for us, right? We don't have a lot of people in leadership positions, but it's also, it's also something, um, something important to remember about this is that not everyone wants to do that. Yeah. So that's also something that I want to talk about that. Not everyone wants to do that. You may get to that position and you may realize, whoa, this is not what I had in mind. Right. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely right about that. And I think another thing that you just mentioned, I feel like there's also so many careers that are pushed on people, you know, to be the engineer, to be the doctor, to be. And I feel like a lot of what needs to be broken in the Latino community is that talk that, you know, that's the only way to succeed. Absolutely right. I I wish I would have had somebody to talk to when I was younger because I received a lot of pressure. So I wanted to be a social worker. That's all I wanted to do. It was just very fascinating to me. I had a social worker in high school because of some family issues and I just admired this person and that's what I wanted to do. So I signed up for the program. I even knew the director. She went to my church. So I was set, right? My mom and my tia called me and they said, no, you need to you need a, um, you need to find a better career. You need to study something else that's going to be more lucrative. And uh, my tia was a doctor in Mexico, 
and they come from a family of you know doctors and architects and business owners. So to them, it was really important for me not to choose social work. Yeah, they wanted you to follow those steps. And it ended up being that I changed my career so many times. I was so confused and now I regret it because had I just had I just followed my heart, I feel that I would have had a different career journey. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like one thing that you just mentioned is knowing and having that confidence at such an early age. I feel like there's also in so many communities, there aren't those resources for people to not just... I guess, have the privilege of being confident in that role, but also like not being educated on what's out there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very important, especially right now because of all of the new jobs that are popping up. That's super important to just talk about that, right? And more jobs will be, will be coming up as well. Yeah, exactly. And then for people who don't have those conversations, like it's good for you like a, some to have a blog where you can go and find out all about the search, the tips for interviews, what's out there. Yeah, no, exactly. That's that's why I started it, <laughs> my little baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what are your most top helpful tips if you were to give someone any career advice. Um, I know a lot of the listeners are probably, you know, in their field, but you know, who knows, maybe they're looking for a switch or something. Oh, goodness. Okay. So top tips. Let me see. I know I just posted something on TikTok. So what I posted is do not compare your career to anybody else's. I think that is so important. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And it's so easy to do. Believe me, I've done it. And I'm sure you've done it too. We've all done it. But it is very important to remember that everybody's experience is 100% unique. It just is. There are so many factors, right, that go into somebody's career journey. So that is one of my top tips. Really do not compare your career to anybody else's. Focus on your career, focus on your journey, and really have fun with it. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to piggyback off that. I feel like sometimes, I don't want to say people are scared, but can be afraid to take that risk because, you know, careers are supposed to be just this one way. Like, it's supposed to be this way, and then after that, you do this, and then this, and this. But it, you're right. It's so different for everyone, and there's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then another tip would be always be prepared. That's another reason that I did start this blog because at my company, they were, they were having massive layoffs and we were, we weren't laid off, but we were furloughed for one week per month for four months. And of course, because of COVID, you, you saw the devastation, right? Right. And that's when I realized we women, we Latinas have to take matters into our own hands because if you are not a business owner, even if you are a business owner, things can, you know, factors can, uh, can affect you. So yeah, absolutely. Even if you are a business owner, but you want to be ready, you want to be ready for change. You want to be able to adapt. So that's one of my top tips. I'm looking at the blog that I wrote. So yeah, you can't control whether there are any kind of layoffs or reorgs or mergers, but you can take it account of what your skills are and your experience and just be ready for anything that comes your way. I think that's, that's another important tip. Yeah. I think kind of just like being in power of your own future, 
you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of the things that I talk about is really about mindset and foundational skills as opposed to very tactical, you know, this is what you need to do. And these are the steps you need to take. Some of that is important. Absolutely. But it's not going to work in any in every industry just isn't. One of the tips that, that makes me kind of laugh is say no to your boss. Like, I can tell you that's not going to fly with me. Mm. It, it's not going to. <laughs> I can find different ways to, to, um, to set boundaries, but that's just not going to work. That's what I was going to say. I feel like a lot, I, have you been on Clubhouse recently? Or, yes. Yeah. I so I, I've been listening to a few talks recently and a lot of, well, I want to preface this by saying that my interest is like the music industry, right? So it's on 24 seven, you know, you can never like really be off depending on what area of the music industry you work. And so a lot of people were saying that when you start off, you feel like you have to say yes to everything because there's always going to be something like a show, an artist needs something, blah, blah, blah. And part of their boundaries was saying no, but it's interesting to hear from the other side. Like if someone says no to you, you're like, not going to fly with me. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's another thing, right? That I do, I do believe in boundaries. Absolutely. I believe in boundaries, but I know that in my industry and what I do, right? Let's say there's a train accident and my boss says, Hey, you need to go and respond to this train accident. I can't say no. I'm the only one. I, there's no way that I can say no. Yeah. That's your job. <laughs> Even though it might be at three in the morning and I'm sleeping and boundaries are definitely crossed, right? Cause I'm sleeping. I, yes. So some of those, some of those tips kind of make me laugh a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. Cause it's very situational and like you can't, yeah, it can be universal for everyone. It really is. That's why I like to talk about mindset. I like to talk about soft skills because that is universal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I guess just curious, do you also talk about the salary aspect of your career? Because I feel like a lot of the times, not just women or not just Latina women, but just younger people in general don't know or have that confidence to fight for how much they're worth. Yeah, no, that's a really good I just posted a couple of videos on TikTok about negotiation because I have made some mistakes in the past. So I do talk about that. I don't go into too much detail and I haven't written any articles about that, but that is definitely in the plan. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Absolutely. Because I think that is important just to share experiences and stories. And once again, it's industry specific, but there are some universal themes that we can all share with one another. Yeah. And I think a good point to that is like, I always hear these lessons from my parents, right? And they're like, you need to do this. And you know, you're worth this, like, you shouldn't be doing that. But it's also a cultural thing. So how things were done in like their home country is so different than how it's done here. So, you know, I feel like reworking that mindset and learning from someone, aka you, maybe someone who's listening, it's, it's a good resource to have. Yeah, the mindset is definitely, it, it's important. And it's also, in, it's also important to remember that we Latinas are also very different from one another, right? Yeah, it varies between country, everything. Everything, political beliefs, everything. So, so that's interesting too. So in the future, where do you see, I, not just your blog, but where do you see your like mindset going towards in helping those people with career 
questions or just doubts or whatever? So right now I'm in a business class where they're helping me really hash out my business plan, right? So I have some ideas, but one of the things that I've already started doing is writing more. So in addition to my blog, I want to write about careers, but uh, but submit them to different publications. So right now, I don't know if you are familiar with Thrive Global. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I started submitting my work there. So I already have six articles up. Some of them are from the blog and some of them are brand new, right? And that'll just gain, uh, hopefully that'll gain more traction. Hopefully that will show up in search engines, which is really good. And I don't know if my blog is showing up yet or not. I have a little bit of work to do on that side. So that is something that I want to do a lot more of, just more writing, right? Submit it to different publications like Bold Latina. Medium. Yep, Medium. And um, there are other ones that I have in mind. So that's that I'm doing short term. That is my short term. As far as long term, it's really providing services, but I'm still trying to figure out how. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out what exactly, because I know that there are certain needs, but I don't don't think I want to do the coaching. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to go there. So I'm really trying to identify that. And that business course is helping me do that. That's awesome. And also funny that you said that because one of the questions that I had for you is where, what do you think Latinas need or what do they lack? Like, do you think there's more need for coaching support or just like connection, like networking connection resources? So I can answer that question (laughs) right now. I feel that they have, they need two things, networking, right? Talking to one another, feeling like they're part of a community Mm -hmm. and mentorship. That is one thing that I have noticed that is missing in our community, mentorship. So a career coach is not a mentor. Yeah, it's so different. That you pay and they meet with you. And then that relationship for the most part is severed. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you can become friends with them or maybe, but it's not a mentor. That Mm -hmm. is not a mentorship right there. That's career coaching. So I do think that that's something that is missing. That's true. And I feel like, I don't want to say it's very important, but I feel like also um, people who are in those positions, it's not their duty, but it'd be great if they'd be willing to be in those positions to mentor someone. Absolutely. I really do. And another thing is anybody can be a mentor. So that's when people say, well, I don't have a mentor. What do I do? I don't have a mentor. It, It is unfortunate, but I always tell them, well, what about mentoring someone? Because by mentoring someone, one, you're helping someone out. Two, mm-hmm. you're learning. When you teach, that's you're, you're still learning, right? That's one of the best ways to learn. Yeah, and also when people have questions, you're like, oh, I don't know, let me look that up. And then you're helping two people out. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't have a mentor, you're always hoping, well, I wish somebody would mentor me. I wish somebody would reach out. Well, what, what if you're that person? You reach out to someone. Yeah, and I also think... Th- like mentorships are great when there's like it, having a program for it is great, but also a lot of those start off organically, like you reaching out to someone and then following up and then, you know, organically it becomes like a mentor, like a mentorship. Absolutely. And that, that's why I think building community is foundational and it's important because through that community, that's how those organic relationships are built. So that's one of my strengths. That's something I really enjoy doing is connecting people. I've always been really good at that ever since I was a young child. I've always just had that knack for connecting people. 
That's really nice to hear because I feel like a lot of the times, um, not I don't want to use the word selfish, but that's like the only word that comes to mind. Like sometimes people people don't want to share their resources because like what if down the line I need you and I already help you already helped me get someone somewhere that I knew, you know? Oh, I'm the master connector. <laughs> I that's really good. Am. Yeah, I really, really am. That's something that I can confidently say that I'm amazing at. <laughs> That's awesome because I feel like that also is something that is so needed within what you just said is missing in the community. Absolutely. And that's why I don't want to come off as an expert. And I don't all, I also don't want to sound like, oh, I'm not an expert. No, I don't. I am confident that I know what I'm talking about, but I also don't know it all. And that's okay. Right. But that's completely fine. I want to learn from you. I want to learn from others. And I also want you to learn from this person because if, you know, if you're in the music, interested in the music industry, then, Hey, what if I know somebody, right? I want both of you to meet. Right. And I think that's like the main way you learn as well, because like you said, you don't know it all. So the more that you talk to people, the more that you build that like knowledge and that basis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate everything you have shared. I know if I was a listener, I'd be like, oh, I need to take notes and like take it all in and like go read your blog because you have a lot of valuable information there. Thank you. And if you ever have any suggestions, send them my way. Yeah, of course. But I appreciate all the knowledge that you have dropped on us. Um, At the end of every episode, I ask everyone to share their favorite Latin dish. It can be from your home country or not. And then also your favorite Latinx singer. Latin dish. Let's see. I know I have a lot. <laughs> I would have to say menudo. <laughs> oh, nice. Menudo is my absolute favorite. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I grew up eating it and I absolutely love it. And now here in LA, I have it everywhere. So it's great. <laughs> and then favorite Latinx singer. I'm going to really date myself here. <laughs> but I love Thalia. Oh, she's <laughs> great. Yeah. Her listening to Thalia and I still love her. So yes, it would be La Thalia. <laughs> I love that. I'm sure like she always comes out with new stuff too. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> um, do you want to share where everyone can find you? Like your Instagram? I know you just mentioned TikTok. Yes. So if you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at at the Heffa Life. Also the website is thehefalife.com and TikTok, it's the same thing at the Heffa Life. I'm also on Thrive Global under my name, which is Viviana Maldonado. Awesome. Thank you so much, Viviana. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Of course. That's going to be it for today's episode. Again, thanks so much for listening. Please make sure you follow us on Instagram at Pod. That's P-O-D. And again, don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode to learn more about La Mezcla Más Rica.